Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. We're starting a new series called Revive Us, and I want to talk to you today about being a fruitful vineyard on a fruitful hill. And I want to challenge you about preparing yourself for everything God's got for you. If we're going to see revival in this land, we actually have to see revival in ourselves. We actually have to see something change. And it's actually our responsibility to prepare ourselves. The Lord is not going to force you to do it. It's actually up to us. So why don't we take the time to read the scripture? So Isaiah chapter 5 Verses 1 to 4 this morning, I'm going to read. Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up. He cleared out its stones. He planted it with a choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge please between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We ask that you would speak into our hearts and challenge us and lift us with an expectation of seeing something new and fresh take root in us. Lord, maybe the things which have grown old and cold and fallow, you might be able to stir up in us. Maybe the the seed might be able to be replanted in us today. Lord, would you do something with us, we pray. We just make ourselves available to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you a story about when I was a young, uh, young man. Um, I had a dog. It was a good dog. It was a great dog, in fact. It was a dog that was faithful and true. Um, my brother and I used to lead a bit of a wild life. And um, this dog was always willing and ready to go off with us on any adventure and do anything we asked this dog to do. This dog was used as a dress-up doll. It was used as a test pilot for cardboard boats. It was um, the first uh, recipient of any flying fox we set up in the back garden. We used to put it in the thing and see that it was safe before we would go on it. Um, It was a disposal unit for any food that my mother gave me that I didn't want to eat. I could always just trust to put it under the door, under the, uh, the table and hand it away to, to the dog. It was a great dog. His name was Patch. And guess what? He was covered with patches. I know I wasn't very um, you know, creative as a, as a child. I didn't really come up with a great name, but he, had, he was white with black patches. This dog was very faithful. He was a mongrel, though. He was a mongrel. In the, in the noblest sense of the word, okay, uh, he was a mongrel, but uh, he was definitely um, a mixed breed. My dog was very faithful and always knew where home was, but we found out after a while he also knew where everyone else's home was. 
He used to go around, he had a little route that he would go around every, every day and would pick up little food bits from different neighbours and, and they thought he was their dog, but uh, he was actually our dog. But my two doors up, my, my next door neighbour, or two doors up, Mrs Robinson lived two doors up, not like the song, totally different, okay? Um, but she lived two doors up and one of her pastimes was actually breeding champion corgis. Champion corgis. Um, uh, so you can see where this is going, okay? She had a dog-proof fence. And this dog-proof fence was four foot high. It was built by an expert. It had a gate on it that you required an opposable thumb to unlock, okay? You could not just unlock this, this gate. You required an opposable thumb. But somehow, where there's a will, there's a way. Mrs. Robinson had one particular dog that she was most fond of, Honey. Beautiful, purebred corgi, fit for the Queen of England herself. And Mrs. Robinson was very proud of her pedigree and paid good money to continue the tradition. Now, my dog Patch could be seen from time to time walking the perimeter of this dog-proof fence. Like, if you remember that really old movie, The Great Escape, with Paul Newman in it, just testing the fence, trying out the fence, etc. Anyway, one day I get a phone call. My mum gets a phone call, would you come up to Mrs Robinson's to see the, la the latest litter of puppies? So we went up to see the latest litter of puppies and uh, they were beautiful, but they weren't brown. They weren't white, which was the other acceptable colour for, for corgis. They were black and white patched. <laughs> All of them. All 11 of them. The Lord has a purpose in mind. The Lord has a purpose in mind when he chose the nation of Israel. His purpose was not unlike Mrs. Robinson's. He wanted purity. He wanted something special. Our scripture uses the imagery today of a vineyard. The Lord planted a vineyard and had an expectation of this vineyard that it would bring forth good grapes. Not wild grapes, but good grapes. He desired and wanted to see a good fruit, full and refreshing. A fruit which demonstrated that was planted in good soil. A fruit which reflected the purity and power of the one who had actually caused the sun to shine and the rain to fall upon it. But even greater than Mrs Robinson's disappointment, the vineyard of the Lord's planting did not bring forth good grapes. It brought forth wild grapes. Grapes which weren't pure, weren't good grapes. They were a mixture of sweet and bitter. Grapes which ran wild and refused to respond to the master's hand. And over all the way through the Old Testament, we see that the nation of Israel refusing to become what the Lord destined her to be. They became wild grapes, unresponsive grapes, unrighteous grapes. And the Lord was unable and eventually unwilling to even deal with them anymore. Now, people, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be an unresponsive vineyard. I want to be a fruitful vineyard. I know you do as well. I know this church is destined to be a fruitful vineyard, and we need to challenge ourselves to get ready for that purpose. The Lord is the Lord Most High. He can't be treated in a flippant way. He is our friend, but he's also our Lord. He's looking for a certain type of fruitfulness from you and I. 
Now, over the next month, we're going to focus on the theme of Revive Us. And the Lord wants his people to not only be alive, but be completely revived and responsive to his work in us. The fact is, you have been planted on a very fruitful hill. You have been. Not I believe this church is a very fruitful hill. But you know, as, a, as an individual, you're at the time of history that is fruitful. We live in the last days. We live in the days where the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all flesh. We live in the fruitful time. And the thing about a fruitful block of land or a fruitful field is that something is going to grow there. My house, if I don't look after it, if I don't pull the weeds out, it's a very fruitful block of land. Weeds will grow. And unless I do something about it, it will be overrun. And our life is the same. On a fruitful hill, there could grow good grapes or wild grapes, but the choice is up to you. What are you going to bring forth in this time of revival? What are you going to bring forth being ready for revival? How do you make Good grapes, good grapes grow. So there's six things I want to quickly go through this morning. Six things from our scripture um, in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1. And the first one, and each of them are actions that we need to allow, and the first one is to let him sing. Let him sing. Isaiah 5, verse 1 says, Now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. This whole passage is actually a song that the Lord desired to sing. It was a song that informed the hearer of the possibilities and the potentials of the vineyard, which was their life. There was a reason, a powerful reason, that the Lord actually asked for permission to sing. He asked, actually asked, let me sing, allow me to sing. Please let me sing you a song. The first step in true understanding of true fruitfulness and fruitfulness of good grapes and the fulfilment of good grapes is actually allowing the Lord to sing a song in your life. What do I mean by this? I mean that the Lord's got something he wants to tell you. He's got something he wants to plant deep within you. He wants to actually encourage you so that you might have an expectation in you. The problem is that the Lord is a singer and he delights to sing about us, but we don't want to listen to the song. Or we stop our ears. The problem is that people seem to stifle the song, the potential that God is actually wanting to sing. The Lord sings about you. And I know it's a little bit embarrassing when you hear the Lord sing something like, you are special, you're beautiful, I love you. You can be anything that I call you to be. I see you as the apple of my eye. You're the jewel in my crown. And we say, oh, nah. No, 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 that's not me. That's not me. We stifle the possibility of hope because we don't listen to the fact that the Lord actually sings over us every day. Let the Lord sing in your life. I just want to challenge you. I know we've had a challenging period of time, but maybe it's time for you to hear the Lord sing again about you. He creates a song about you. Now, just in case you're missing this this morning, just jab the person next to you and say, he's talking to you, God's singing about you this morning. I'm talking to each one of you. God is singing about you. 
Don't push him away as he sings encouragement, as he sings healing, as he sings blessing into your soul. Let him sing. We love worship. We just had a great time of worship. We sing to the Lord all the time. But do you know the Lord actually reveals himself as a singer and the song he sings is about you. In Zephaniah 3.17 it says, The Lord of your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. He actually sings about you. So the first thing today, if you're going to be fruitful, let him sing. That's the first thing. But the second thing is just as important. Isaiah 5 verse 2 says, he dug it up. The second thing is, you have to let him dig. You have to let him dig into your life. Once you've heard the song of the potential of the Lord's work within your life, the next step is a huge one. It's another step which requires permission. You have to give God permission to dig into your life. The fact is the Lord owns the whole earth. He owns everything. And he could just grab you and grab a shovel and start digging around in your life. But you know what? He doesn't do that. He waits for your permission. He actually stops and waits for you to allow him. Now, our life can be uh, like a big farm. We can have a front paddock, a side paddock, a side paddock, and a back paddock. But, you know, sometimes we can allow God to be in the front paddock and the two side paddocks, but the back paddock out the back, that's, that's my space. That's where I grow my wild grapes. That's where I do my wild stuff. That's where I have my wild thoughts. I don't really, it's too much work. I don't want to be churned up. I don't want God to dig. You know what I want to challenge you? If you truly want to be a bearer of revival in this community, you've got to let him dig. You've got to let him dig up, dig up the ground. You know, sometimes your front paddock used to be really fruitful, but because of COVID, because of this, because of challenge, because of finance, because of a loss of job, because of disappointment, it might have grown all hard and, 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 and just in need of some cultivation. Let him dig. Let him dig up in you. Let him challenge you. If you don't let him dig, you're on the way to wild grapes and wild wine. Allowing the Lord to dig can be painful. It can be a long process which has to reach deep within your life, especially if it's been a little bit of time since you've let him dig. Sometimes things get in the way. Let's be honest, circumstances, pandemics, disappointments and change. I'm actually asking you to take a serious look at your vineyard today. How's it look? You've heard the song, this beautiful song saying about the potential, but as you look at it, do you need to dig? Does God need to dig into you? Jesus told a parable in Luke 13, verse 7. The farmer was going to rip out the fig tree, but the gardener said this, look, The farmer said, look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But listen to the beautiful song and hope and possibility. But the gardener answered and said, sir, let it alone this year. Let me dig around it. Let me dig around it. Maybe that's what God's saying to you this morning is let me dig. He's whispering in your ear. He's singing a song to you and he's whispering in your ear saying, let me dig in you again that I might bring some fruitfulness. You might have some doubts. You might have some challenges, but let him dig. Let him dig this morning. The third thing this morning, 
Again, from verse 2. We're not getting very far, and I probably won't this morning. In Isaiah 5, verse 2, it says, He dug it up and he cleared out the stones. He cleared out the stones. That's the next thing. Let him clear out the stones. With digging, you find stones. A vineyard can't grow in the midst of a stony field. The Lord actually reaches in and removes the stones which stand as obstacles if we will allow him to. I don't know about you, but I've been walking with the Lord for about 40-something years now and, and I'm so glad I have, but every now and then I find the Lord has to take a stone out of the way. There's an obstacle, there's unbelief or there's disappointment or there's frustration or there's sin or there's temptation or there's confusion or there's just tiredness and he reaches in and if I will allow him to dig, if I'll allow him to reach in and take out the stones, suddenly the ground becomes even more fertile. The possibility of God's goodness becomes even more potential. There are so many things that can happen. Stones speak of obstacles which are hidden somewhere, sometimes even deeply in your life. From time to time, the Lord will reveal something to you. It's not, it doesn't mean you're not a good Christian. It doesn't mean that you've not been walking with him. It just means he's got something more for you. How many know here that he's not finished with you yet? He's got something more for you. That's good news. Let him take out the stones. They can be memories. They might be fears. They might be problems. might be a sin. Might be an oppression you've let creep in because of change of your situation. The Lord's able to remove them all. Let Him clear out the stones, and you will be fruitful. You will be a fruitful vineyard with good grapes. Imagine if everyone at Life Source was a fruitful vineyard with good grapes. That's revival already before anything else has happened. Isaiah 62 says this. The Lord says, go through, Isaiah 62 verse 10, go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Take out the stones. Lift up a banner for the people. You know what God wants for you? He wants you to walk, to actually run on a highway of holiness. And on a highway, it's really dangerous if there's a large rock in the middle of the highway, isn't it? Imagine in one of the freeways, there's suddenly a big rock in the middle of the freeway. That's going to cause all manner of problems. You hit that, you're going to be in trouble. You need to take out the stones. What God wants you to do is is allow him to take out the stones. The good thing is you don't have to get them out yourself. You just have to let him to do it. And there'll be something powerful that takes place in your life. So you need to let him sing. You need to let him dig. You need to let him clear out the stones. Once you've got a stone-free, well-dug-up, expectant block of land, we come to the next one, number four. Isaiah 5 verse 2 says, He planted it with the choicest vine. We need to let him plant a seed. That's number four. Let him plant a seed. Do you realise what type of seed the Lord has already put in you? If you've given your life to the Lord Jesus, he has planted a seed in you 
that is spectacular. Every single one of you, no matter how down on your luck you are, no matter how challenged you are at the moment, you know the seed, the potential that is in you. It is not some, you know, uh, hope that it doesn't wither up and die seed. It's not some second-rate seed that God said, oh, oh, Adrian, I'll, I'll give him this little one. It's not very good, but I'll give him that. What the Lord has given is actually something powerful. It's something wonderful. It's something full of potential. He's placed a vine within us that is so powerful, so hopeful. It is not an impoverished seed. It's not a seed which only sprouts one in ten times and oh, hopefully someone will be fruitful. No, every single one of us has had a seed planted in us that is the seed of God's potential. And that is what we need to challenge ourselves. We are a seed of the choicest vine, something of inherent worth, a fine vine that will bring forth good grapes and fantastic wine. I want to challenge you at this point. Yes, the Lord has already planted a seed in your life. But at this point where we're digging up the ground, we're taking out the stones, we need to be allowing him to replant us reinvigorate us with something of potential. You must allow the Lord to plant the seed. You must allow the Lord to give you a revelation of the value of what he's placed inside you. And you must allow yourself to recognise that you are a noble vine. Just everyone sit up a little bit taller in your seat for a moment. You're a noble vine. You're not a, a degraded downward vine. You're a noble vine. You've got something of, of power in you. Jeremiah 2 verse 21 says, I have planted you as a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into the degenerate plant of an alien vine? He challenges Israel and says, I planted you a noble vine, but you've become degenerate. That's not what we want to hear from God, is it? We want to say, I am a noble vine. I'm able to do something that makes a difference. I'm able to be what God wants me to be. And do what he wants me to do. You're not destined to bring forth multicoloured corgis. <laughs> I'm not destined to bring forth multicoloured corgis. I'm built for pedigree. I'm built for something spectacular. And I'm intending to go there. Are you going to come with me? Are you going to come along the journey? Let's see what God does. Number five. Verse two again. He built a tower in its midst. In the midst of the vineyard, he builds a tower. Let him build a tower. A tower in the vineyard was for protection. It was for protection for the workers from the heat of the day, but also the fierceness of weather when it was raining. It was also the storeroom and the defence of the vineyard. And I want to challenge you that you need to have a tower. Now, this church is a tower, okay, that's true, but you need a tower in your life because you're not always here at church. You need a tower of strength that you can run into every day, especially on Tuesday when it rains. 
in your life metaphorically. You need to be able to run into the tower that God has built in you. You need somewhere of strength. You need a a storehouse of scriptural truth, of worship, of hope, of life, of promises, of all the things God has built in you. You need to be able to run into it and find the strength that you need to go forward. I have to face a lot this week. I know I've got a lot of challenges ahead and that's great. I've got a tower I can run into. I don't need to run off to someone else because God's built a tower in me. Are you ready? Are you allowing God to do what he needs to do? It's not enough to just rely on someone else's strength. Oh, yeah, okay, I was going to start YouTubing what I should do in this situation. No, you actually need to to have it within. It's great to have friends. It's great to have support. Absolutely. But it's even better to have resources in yourself. Let's actually build something. Let's allow God to build something. Psalm 61 verse 3 says, you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from my enemy. Proverbs 18 verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. That's what's meant to be built in your vineyard. The last point before I bring this together this morning. Again in verse 2, and also... He made a wine press in it. Let him make a wine press. Now, a vineyard without a wine press is kind of just like a pile of grapes. Let's be honest. All a vineyard is without a wine press is just a place to grow a big pile of grapes. You need a mechanism for extracting the benefit of the grapes. I want to challenge your heart today. The wine press needs to be in you. There needs to be a way that God can utilise the fruitfulness that's in your life. Now, it can be done through service in church. So many people serve in church and it's fantastic because that's, that's demonstrating their fruitfulness. But I want to tell you, it can be done in life as well. It can be done in your workplace. It can be done in your family. It can be done in your community. It can be done everywhere. You've got to allow the pressing to take place. You've got to actually expect to be fruitful. You can have everything in place and not be fruitful as a Christian. This is the problem. Unless you purposefully prepare a wine press and allow the Lord to prepare a wine press in you, you will not be fruitful. We have to allow him to build what suits us according to his call upon our life. My wine press currently is in the area of chaplaincy and and ministry and I'm using my fruitfulness in that space but that's not the only place I need to be fruitful I need to be a fruitful husband I need to be a fruitful father I need to be a fruitful neighbor I need to be a fruitful member of the community I need to keep allowing the pressing to take place and that word pressing is hard isn't it the garden of Gethsemane was an olive press and we saw Jesus pressed to the will of the father Will you allow the Lord to work in your life? Will you allow him to have what he needs in your life? Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.